welcome to Mentoring for the Master. Today we are on imperative number eight, intense devotion to one's family, especially his wife. And today our guests are Brother Dan and Sister Kathy who are going to share with us from the Word of God their 42 years plus of marriage and what they've learned from the Word of God. Dan and Kathy, please begin. Just go over a couple of notes here first to start with. Um, marriage is a covenant, sacred bond between a man and a woman instituted by publicly by God, publicly entered into before God, and normally consummated by sexual intercourse. That's what marriage was meant to be, not what the U.S. government says marriage is now, okay? So let's get that straight. Um, the book had three needs listed for women, security, serenity, significance. My wife lists three other needs, love, conversation, affection. That's the, that's the needs that she recognizes. Um, definition for intimacy, I know who you are at the deepest level, and I accept you. I'm sorry, you said love, conversation, and... Affection. I'm just going to go over some notes that I don't think I covered in the last one, and then we can go from there. God created marriage as a partnership between one man and one woman. Mm. Marriage <coughs> is the firmest foundation for building a family. God designed sexual expression to help married couples build intimacy. And marriage mirrors God's covenant relationship with his people. Amen. 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 The way you stay married for 42 years, you make that decision before you get married. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's true. I was 20, she was 18, but we made the decision before we got married, we were doing this once. Mm -hmm. Shortly after we got married, God came here. Mm -hmm. Okay? This is not a 50-50 relationship. This is a 100-100 relationship. Okay? She has to go 100%, I have to go 100%. I tell my children, before they get married, <clears throat> at some point, you're going to want to quit. And at some point, you're going to want to quit thing is, don't both get to that point at the same time. Mm. When you want to quit, you be praying. When you want to quit, you be praying. Don't get to the point where both of you want to quit at the same time, because that's when issues happen. Mm -hmm. uh, Dick and Dan, maybe you and Kat can help me. You said make a decision, <coughs> make that decision before you get married. 
Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? What did you have to do? Sure. Well, we came from we came from homes where both of our parents were married to each other. So for us, we didn't in our particular families we didn't see a lot of divorce. So we decided very early that we were going to model that, and we divorce was just not enough. We also grew up Catholic, so for us. Divorce was not going to be an option. We just weren't going to go down that road. So that's why we made that decision. Um, and it, it, it wasn't really an easy decision because, um, you know, we, we got married in the, in the mid-70s. And during that time, you know. Hey, we'll give it a try. If it doesn't work, we'll move on to the next one. Actually, one of the benefits of getting married early is you have to learn to if you're gonna be in any kind of relationship with each other, you have to learn to to spend time together, to, to lean on each other. We, my mother didn't want us to get married. She, she although she, she really liked Dan, she thought we were too young, because she was 27 when she got married. So, our thing was, I'll buy you. I, I just getting ready to graduate from high school. We got married six weeks after I graduated. And so she was like, I'll buy you a new wardrobe. We'll send you to school for four years. We'll do anything, just wait. And we're like, I'm like, no, I, I feel like this is what I want to do. So that's what we did. But like I said, we had the model, even though our parents' relationships were not ideal, and we knew that, we also knew that divorce was just not gonna be an option. So we had to learn, we had to figure out if we were gonna do this, how we were gonna do it for the long term, because we didn't have as much support from outside as we might have had. So at times it kind of felt like it was us against the world. So, which was not really a bad thing because it taught us how to handle situations together. The other thing is don't go to your friends and your relatives and tell them all your business. business as far as your marriage is concerned because you might be fighting with your, your spouse today, tomorrow you're deeply in love, but your family remembers what happened the other day and that's how they're going to view your spouse. So you need to protect your spouse even in that situation. That's good. Okay. <laughs> so we learn to depend on each other, to count on each other, okay? Um, I imagine early on in our marriage, I was much different than I am today. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it does work. Well, I know I was much different than I was today. I was drunk most of the time. No, not all the time. No, not all the time, but, but then I grew up and got over that. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. God took that away from me all at one time. Gone. Um, and there's different things that we've had to grow through. Um, having children. Children, um, they bring in a whole new... They just change. They change everything. Everything. Okay. And they'll fight amongst themselves, but then they'll ally each other and try to divide yes. the parents. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, in our case, we had four boys and three girls. Mm -hmm. um, and with our younger three boys, 
if you did something to one of them, you did something to all three of them, and you dealt with all three of them, okay? To the point where we had a backyard that was fenced in, and one would go down on his knees, one would jump up, the other one would boost him over the fence, and they were gone, yeah. okay? Um, so, <laughs> because something happened in the neighborhood. Um, but they will try to divide parents. And, well, Mom said I could do this. Well, Mom didn't talk to me, and Dad, you got an issue with Mom. You understand? I said no. Well, Mom said I couldn't do this, but you said, go do it and I'll deal with your mother. There's the division. So Don't let that happen. We learned to talk with each other before making decisions like that. And once they realize that that wasn't going to work, then they'll try something else. Right? They're kids. They, they always try to get They're those. always going to try and extend the balance. Yeah. Okay? That's their job. But the older they get, I'll get a message back. Now I know what you were talking about. Amen. Yeah. I can't believe I just heard my say, myself say something that sounded just like you. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I've said that to her before. I just, I just sounded like my father. Okay, and my father's been dead since 1984, but I just sounded like my father. Yeah. Okay? The older they got, the smarter I got. See, when they were young, I was dumb. Yeah, because they knew everything. But the older they get, the smarter you get. Okay? And then dealing with that next generation. When you're now the grandparent, and the kids are saying, you would never have let us get away with what you let them get away with. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. It is true. When you know better, you do better. It's, well, not always. I mean, my kids, my, my grandkids sometimes will say things that I would never have allowed my kids to say. And I mean, I, their awesome. attitudes are like, I'm like, you know, your mom and dad were never allowed to talk to me like that. And like, oh. Yeah, it's, times have changed. I told them they're fortunate that they're not mine because yeah. they wouldn't have teeth in their head right now. Damn, if they you, were. Can't, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, going back to what you said um, about being right now that you're older, um, I know, I can remember one story vividly. Our daughter turned 21. She was still living at home, and she was engaged. It was April. They were getting married in May, the end of May. So it's about a month before the wedding, and our future son-in-law decided it would be really good if he got her roaring drunk. Well, she didn't drink. She was raised in the church. She just didn't drink. So he was a Marine. So he got her drunk. And then she called home to tell her she wasn't coming home. Oh, Lord. Um, but she got a hold of her dad. And she's drunk and she's telling him she's not coming home. And he said, oh, yeah, you're coming home. So there's a little bit of an altercation there. And she's crying. And he said, I'm coming to get you right now. And he hung up the phone. And our future son-in-law called him back. Damn, what's the problem? She's grown. She's 21 years old. Why can't she stay here? So they didn't speak for about three weeks after that. They're still going to have the wedding, but it was, actually, it was actually at the rehearsal dinner that they finally cleared the air. But 
wasn't too long ago now that he's got a 12-year-old daughter and a 9-year-old <laughs> daughter and a 7-year-old daughter that he told Dan, hey, I know, what you, I know where you were coming from, man. I, oh, no kidding. You were right. He's waking up. He's waking up. <laughs> well, he's is. also saved now, but yep. yeah. But yeah, so now he's on the other side of that. And he's like, wow, that was, that was a good decision mm -hmm. that you made that day. Yeah, his, his comment to me was when I said to him, so what are you going to do when you get that phone call from Zoe or Abby or Lily? And he's like, I keep my guns loaded. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, so I was right. You just smiled. <laughs> That's a good move, okay? Yeah. Um, as far, and as far as bringing the children up in the church, one by one, they're coming back. The word does not come back for you. Yeah. Okay? Now, what did you say before you had children? Okay, I know that was... You, know, no. you say you grew up Catholic, and I grew no, up no, Catholic. No, no, we so grew up Catholic, but we were not saved before yeah. we well, got we, so. well, we got saved in the middle of having children. We had two. Right. We right. had two children, and then we we got saved. So the others, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And we also had, we had seven children in 14 years. 13 years. Okay, and there's also... Yeah. There's, some of them are super, super close, and then there's a three-year span, but yeah. If you yeah, my, my, my question is, is that something different before Christ and after Christ in terms of marriage and parenthood? Oh yeah, everything is different, but um, our kids were little, so... Is that a chipmunk? It's a chipmunk. Okay. Yeah. First I it's, was a stay focused. <laughs> Sorry, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, our, our kids were really little when we got saved. Um, our oldest daughter, I think, was three yeah. four. So, really little. But um, we had some good mentoring too. Um, our next door neighbors um, were, were the ones that invited us to church. And um, we had always, or at least I had always had um, a vision of who God was from growing up Catholic, because so I went to Catholic school. Um, it's not exactly the same vision I have now of who God is, but um, I always, wanted to serve God, even as a small, small child. And I can remember, um, I think I was in fourth grade on the playground at school trying to figure out how I could serve God the way I wanted to and still be a mom, because those were the two things that I really wanted to do. But, you know, in the Catholic Church, there's no real role for women outside of, of becoming a nun, and when you do that, then you give up, you don't have a husband, you don't have children, so I couldn't figure out how I could do both, so I'm very thankful that, that God showed me exactly how I could do that, so um, yeah, but as far as, as the difference, there's, there's a lot of differences. Um, we were much more liberal in our thinking. We were much more willing to, um, you know, whatever y'all want to do is fine with us. Do your own thing. So everybody could do their own thing, and that was that was all good. So um, drugs, alcohol, all that. We, although we didn't do drugs, and we didn't drink too much. Um, no, at that point you weren't drinking too much. But we didn't drink too much, but um, yeah, things were way different after we got saved. Um, 
we went from going in the church doors. When I was in high school, my mom made me go to church every Sunday, but she never went. And as a Catholic, you know, there's there's different services. So what I do, Dan would pick me up. The church parking lot would be real crowded. One service would be getting out, and the next one would be starting. So I'd run in and get a bulletin, because she told me I had to take the church bulletin home. So I'd run in and get a bulletin. We'd get back in the car, and we'd go get breakfast. And then we'd go home. And I'd hand her the bulletin. We'd been to church. And I was good. <laughs> after we got saved, though, um, after, after um, we were always in church. We, um, you know, like I said, my next door neighbor, us to the Lord, and um, they were deacons in their church. So we were always there. There was always things to do. They had groups in their home, and, and so we were just always involved in the church, which meant that our children now, from the age of, of three and four up, were raised in a church. So they didn't, they, didn't really, they didn't really know anything but the church at that point. You know, even though their cousins and, and the rest of the family then had nine brothers and sisters and I had a brother and a sister and no one else in the family and the entire family was saved we were in church all the time and um, that was 1982 mm-hmm. so when we got saved uh, I had injured my back at work in 1980 and um, I was out on workman's compensation for 16 months and I guess it was October of 82 is when Giant gave a small settlement and terminated my employment from them. Um, and then in November of 82, there was an all-night prayer service on a Friday night. And she said, I think we should go. And I was like, it's Friday night. You <laughs> <laughs> to church on Friday nights. <laughs> okay. It's Friday night. She's like, well, we don't have to stay all night, but I think we ought to go. And I'm like, fine, we'll go. And we did. And um, at this point, I hadn't been able to lift my children for 60 months. Okay. Um, it was low, two low compression discs in my back that were pinching nerves, affecting my legs, my lower body. Okay. So I literally could not pick up my children who were very young and hadn't been able to pick them up for 16 months. So we went and um, somebody there came to me and said, now I'm going to pray for you for your healing. I was like, well, okay. And um, they did. They, they prayed the prayer. And we stayed a little while after that and, and we went, but they told me before, you, before they left, when you get up tomorrow morning, I don't care what you feel like. You say, thank you, Lord, for my healing. And you say it every day. Okay? You say it every day and walk it out. I I went home, we went to bed, and I woke up the next morning in the same pain, same, and sarcastically said, thank you, Lord, for my healing. (laughs) Okay? Active obedience. They didn't tell me what attitude to have when I said it. They just said, say it. Act of obedience, I did it. Um, And I was miserable for the rest of the day, in pain, 
I, I mean, they were using me as a guinea pig. I was using TENS units. I was on medication. Um, for the first three months after this, they kept me on three medications that kept me asleep. Most of the day. I woke up long enough to take my medicine and go back to sleep. Yeah. Okay? And, and there were issues that, that popped up in, the, in that process. Mm. However, the Sunday morning, I woke up, and I'm laying in bed. <laughs> and she's like, what's the matter? I said, I'm afraid to move. She said, why? I said, because there's no pain. She said, huh? I said, there's no pain. I don't want to move. She's like, well, you got to go to church. I'm like... I don't want to move. There's no pain. I've been in constant pain for 17, 18 months. And um, at that point, I said, thank you, Lord, for my healing. <laughs> and as I rolled over and got out of bed, there was no pain. Mm. Not at all. Well, thank you for sharing that um, part of your life. Um, I want us to move on to uh, one of the three questions I want you guys to answer get into uh, that I we spoke about earlier. Uh, the first one, uh, can you both share about handling uh, disagreements with each other? How, you know, what did you learn to do, not to do, um, even in the raising of your children? And the reason why I ask that is because sometimes uh, parents handle disagreements or couples, let me say it that way, the way they were taught. Um, that could be one either blows up or one's either one or either shut down. You have uh, I heard one young man say how he used to throw things. So, can you share with us how that how important that is? Because a lot of times we don't realize that our kids will not only mimic us, but a lot of times they are better than us because they learn younger. You know how to deal with things, and particularly a marriage situation. So can you, Kathy, can you start off with that? Sure. Um, when we were raising our children, we raised our children at first, um, a lot like we were raised. So there was a lot of yelling. Um, but they, like I said, um, when they were little, you know, we spanked them because, hey, it was the 70s and the 80s. It was still okay to spank. It's still okay, but um, still spank. Yeah, it's still okay to spank, but it was it was the it was the accepted norm back then. Okay, so we would spank them. Um, yeah, there was probably a lot more frustration when they were little.